0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Disciples Haven, the show that brings you God's Word one chapter at a time. In today's episode, we're going to cover a controversial topic the separation of church and state. What did the founding fathers want for our nation? What were they intending? So, with that, we ask our Father to bless us by opening eyes and opening ears as we dive into His Word. Amen. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode in a new season of The Disciples' Haven. I'm your host, Jose Garcia. I hope all of you had a happy and safe New Year. My New Year's was quiet by spending it at home until my entire town wanted to make it sound like I was right back in downtown Ramadi or Fallujah at the stroke of midnight. Well, I wanted to see about getting all of my past episodes put on YouTube, but I saw that it's going to be more work than anything, and on top of that, a lot of the audio files I don't even have anymore, so I figured moving forward, any new episodes are going to be posted on my YouTube channel, like this one, so be sure to tell your friends. Now, the separation of church and state, where did that phrase come from? What was meant by it? Well, to find the answer to that question, we have to go and read Thomas Jefferson's
1: letter to the Danbury Baptists. And he writes To Messrs Mechemia Donch, F. Feying and Stephen Bass Nelson, a committee of the Ganberry Baptist Association in the state of Connecticut. Gentlemen, the affectionate sentiments of esteem and approbation which you are so good as to express towards me on behalf of the Ganbury Baptist Association give me the highest satisfaction. My duties dictate a faithful and zealous pursuit of the interests of my constituents. And in proportion as they are persuaded of my the governing to those duties the discharge of them becomes more and more pleasing believing with you that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and his god that he owes account to none other for his faith or his worship that the le- legitimate powers of government rich actions only and not opinions i contemplate with sovereign reverence that act of the whole American people which declared that their legislature should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation between church and state. Adhering to this expression of the supreme will of the nation in behalf of the rights of conscience, I shall see with sincere satisfaction the progress of those sentiments which tend to restore to man all his natural rights convinced he has no natural right in opposition to his social duties. I reciprocate your kind prayers for the protection and blessing of the common father and creator of man, and tender you for yourselves and your religious association assurances of my high respect and esteem. Thomas Jefferson, January 1st, 1802.
0: That to me didn't sound like a complete separation between government and God. You see, Thomas Jefferson, one of the principal architects of American democracy, played a pivotal role. His efforts culminated in the Virginia Statute for Religious Freedom in 1786, which aimed to protect the rights of individuals to practice their chosen faith. This demonstrates a commitment to religious freedom rather than a complete separation. Fast forward to the drafting of the United States Constitution and the First Amendment which states Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. While the language seems to imply separation, the historical context indicates that the founders were concerned with preventing the establishment of a national religion similar to the Church of England. George Washington, in his farewell address, emphasized the importance of morality and God in maintaining a just and free society. He spoke of the indispensable supports of morality and religion, suggesting a belief that these values were crucial to the success of the nation. Another aspect to consider is the tradition of inaugural prayers. Many of the early presidents, including George Washington and John Adams, included religious references in their inaugural addresses. This demonstrates a recognition of the role that faith plays in the moral fabric of our nation. Now, let's examine scriptures that emphasize the importance of involving God in our lives. Proverbs 3 verse 6 comes to mind where it states, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. This verse reflects the idea that seeking God's guidance leads to a prosperous and purposeful life. The Bible is replete with verses illustrating the blessings that come from involving God in our decisions. The book of Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 assures us of God's plans for our welfare and not for evil, giving us hope in a future.
1: For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end, Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your
0: heart. Now, let's explore the other side of the coin the consequences of neglecting God. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, warns us against forgetting the Lord and turning away from his commandments as it leads to destruction. In Deuteronomy 8, verse 18, God is explaining what can happen to a nation, to a people, when we turn away from Him and follow other gods or worship other worldly things.
1: But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is He that giveth thee power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant which He sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do all forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them And worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God.
0: Listen to the news after you're done with this episode. Look and see how much chaos and turmoil and evil our nation has turned. We have turned our backs toward God and we are paying the price. Our children are paying the price. We moved God out of our schools, and now we have violence in our schools running rampant. This wasn't the case 50 years ago or so. Look at our government. All those politicians, Republicans and Democrats, look at how childish they are, how out of touch they are, and have gotten greedy to get more money and pass laws that benefit their lobbyists rather than their constituents. God warned us. If you take me out of the equation, we shall surely perish. And look at us now. Our economy, our job market, our housing market, our individual freedoms eroding and perishing before our very eyes. As we reflect on the historical context and biblical teachings, it's fascinating to see a harmony between the intentions of the Founding Fathers and the principles outlined in Scripture. Their desire for religious freedom aligns with the biblical encouragement to acknowledge God in all aspects of our lives. Bringing it into the present, how can we apply these principles in our daily lives? It's about recognizing the importance of God's guidance in our decisions, seeking His wisdom and trusting in His plans. The Founding Fathers with diverse religious beliefs crafted the U.S. Constitution to avoid the establishment of a national religion. Instead of promoting atheism or secularism, they sought to ensure that individuals could freely practice their faith without government interference. Examining historical documents such as Thomas Jefferson's Virginia Statue for Religious Freedom in 1786, the First Amendment, and his letter to the Danbury Baptists reveals a commitment to protecting religious liberties. These foundational principles emphasize freedom of conscience and the avoidance of a state-sponsored religion. Contrary to the misconception that separation means excluding God, biblical verses underscore the importance of acknowledging God in our lives. Proverbs 3 verse 6 again advises, In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths, emphasizing the wisdom of seeking God's guidance in all aspects of our lives. Scriptures such as Jeremiah chapter 29 that we just read affirm that involving God in our decisions leads to blessings and a hopeful future. The intention is not to keep God out of government or personal life, but to encourage a reliance in God's wisdom for a prosperous and purposeful existence. As we conclude this thought-provoking episode of The Disciples' Haven, we've journeyed through history and scripture to explore the separation of church and state. It's crucial to understand that this separation wasn't about keeping God out of our lives or government, but ensuring the freedom for individuals to practice their faith without constraint. I encourage you to go on YouTube and listen and share the show. Simply search for The Disciples Haven on YouTube, hit subscribe, and join our growing community. And for our dedicated podcast listeners, don't forget to subscribe on your preferred platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other. Your subscription ensures you never miss an episode, and it also helps us reach more people with our message of faith, history, and the importance of involving God in our lives. In a world where the concept of separation often implies isolation, let us remember that the separation of church and state was intended to protect us from a government-established religion, not doing away with God from our government or our schools or our lives. As we go about our days, let's keep in mind the wisdom of Proverbs 3 verse 6. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. May this be a reminder to involve God in every aspect of our lives, trusting in His guidance for a path filled with blessings and purpose. Thank you for joining me on The Disciples' Haven. Until next time, may God's grace be with you always. Go in peace.